0: the extraordinarychurch.ca podcast where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen.
1: Praise God. Now open this up to Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James today. Praise God. And I'm just going to jump right in. Let me hit my timer. I know we've been honoring our moms, and I'm going to try to be ever sensitive to that. Praise God. Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for forty years. Now there was a certain man from Zora of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall, uh, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And, she be, uh, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So the woman came and told her husband saying, a man of God came to me and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from. And he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. And I want to preach this simple thought to you this afternoon, the power of mom. The power of mom. Praise God. Would you help me pray, Father, we love you we bless you and we give you glory we give you honor we give you thanks. we want you to have your way in this place and we'll give you the glory help me to preach your word with relevancy and with accuracy help me to preach under the anointing god i release the gift of faith in this place today god let our hearts and minds grab a hold of your word and we'll give you the glory and honor in jesus name somebody said amen you may be seated in the presence of the lord I recognize the enormity of this challenge today because for many of you, it is a bittersweet occasion. Sweet for everyone who has fond memories and most who even have their mothers present with them today to celebrate Mother's Day. Sweet for all the mothers who have their precious children and have held them and know the joy that kids bring to their hearts. But it can indeed be difficult for some. For those who have lost children prematurely or had miscarriages, or for mothers who have had the unfortunate experience of burying their child out of season, even for those that are here today who have walked the road perhaps of barrenness, I recognize and understand the challenge, but I want everybody in this house today to understand that if you are walking that road of loss, you're not walking that road alone. We are here with you. I want you to know, too, that if perhaps you are dealing with infertility, I believe that God can turn anything around. Praise God. And so today we rejoice with those who are rejoicing, but our hearts are ever aware of those who are also struggling today. And I want every woman in this place to know that you are powerful in Jesus Christ. You are powerful in Jesus Christ, and I am believing that today God will speak through me by the Spirit of the Lord to just give you something that will encourage you and bring hope to everybody that is here today. Praise God. I'm thankful for moms because I know I would not be here today if it were not for Kathy Thompson. I'm thankful for moms because moms are encouragers. Moms, if she would have you tell it, she would have you uh, think that I'm I'm the equivalent to T.D. Jakes, and I'm thankful for a mother who will believe in their kids and have their kids backs, so and for all of the children, you know what? Who just everybody who loves their mom or that maternal figure in your life, you ought to just again give God praise. Today we're talking about Samson's mother, and as you might have noticed, the Bible does not refer to her by name. Actually, it only refers to her as the Samson or mother's uh, mother of Samson or the wife of Manoah. In other words, Pastor Barry, her identity and her purpose were unlocked in the life of her child. And if you've ever done a survey on any book in the Bible, and in particular, Uh, in the book of Judges and frankly all of Scripture you'll notice that there is a pattern with the people of God they find themselves in sin they find themselves in bondage they repent or they cry out to God and he delivers them they find themselves in sin they find themselves in bondage they repent or they cry out to God and he delivers them. I told on this very thing or preached on it not too terribly long ago. And right there in the middle of the text that I read to you in Judges, this is happening. And it's happening and now they find themselves striving against God because the only thing that causes the people of Israel to cry out is bondage. Every time they go into bondage as a result of their sin, the Bible just tells us, hey, they cried out, they repented, and God graciously shows up with his deliverance. But it is my opinion that their deliverance could have been sustained. Their victory could have been ongoing, but they slipped back into their sinfulness and their sinful ways. And as a result, find themselves back in bondage and find themselves crying out to God, repenting. And God, who is rich in his mercy and in his grace, delivers them. But they find themselves in this cycle. And if we're going to be honest with ourselves today, we've all been in that place before. How many of us are willing to be vulnerable enough and brave enough to say, God, if you would just touch me one more time, I won't go back to it. Only to find ourselves going back to the very thing we repented of, the very thing we vowed we would never go back to. We're no different than the people of Israel. If it had not been for the goodness of God and the mercy of God, you and I would not be here today. There's hope because he is God. I'm thankful for that. As a matter of fact, that battle will always rage. It's an intense battle. The Bible likens it into a war. It says the the flesh warreth against the spirit. It's It's this battle that you can't seem to shake. Even when you get done praying and fasting for three days and you come out of the heavenlies, you find yourself wrestling with this thing called flesh. And the story that I read to you today, the historical account, rather, excuse me, that I read to you today, we find themselves in this cycle. It's interesting to note that Israel did evil in the sight of God. And because of their evil ways, they find themselves captive to the Philistines for 40 years. For 40 years, these people were held bondage or in bondage to the Philistines in their captivity. And the Bible says in the midst of their darkness, God visits a woman married to a man from Zorah. And it's unique to me because this woman is barren. The first thing, though, I want you to see, though, is the power of a mother. I want you to look at this entire situation from a skyscraper point of view, if you will, I want you to understand Israel has drifted away from God. They're rebelling against his ways and they find themselves in bondage. They're walking in evil and all of Israel is filled with darkness. And yet when the world is full of darkness, full of evil, God goes to work in the womb of a woman. The power of a mother is not in her strength or in her athletic powers. It's it's not in her ability to put her foot in the food, figuratively speaking, because we all know nobody can do it like mom does it. But that's not what makes you mom, hell's worst nightmare. What makes you hell's worst nightmare is that within your womb is where God begins to go to work. See, when a world goes into darkness and evil, it's exactly what happened when Israel faced Pharaoh. God went to work in the womb of a woman, and we have a son named Moses. It's exactly what happened when we're in darkness, and God visits Mary, and all of a sudden, Mary, you are highly favored, and you're going to have a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. See, when the world sits in darkness, God goes to work in the womb of a woman. The power of a mother is not that it's just her, but it's that the child you are about to give birth to can change the world. I want you to know we're living in dark days. As a matter of fact, it don't take discernment to realize that we're living in an evil hour. But I don't ever want you to think that when you can't see it, God isn't working. Because even when you can't see it, he is indeed working. What I'm telling you is it might be happening behind the scenes but God is moving. What I'm telling you is you might not necessarily be able to hear it, but behind the scenes, God is moving. And I'm here to encourage you. Now was not the time to give up. Now was not the time to give in because God is indeed working behind the scenes. Israel might have been in their darkest moment, but God spoke to a barren woman who and He said, hey, look, I am going to do a work in your life and Israel is going to be delivered. I want you to know even in your dark, moments when you don't think God's going to show up those are the ripe conditions those are the prime conditions he does his best work in darkness I want you to know that you might think you're too far gone but the devil is a lie you're not that far gone God is moving God is working God is positioning and he'll do it through the least likely of suspects see the power of a mother is that she has the ability to bring an answer to the forefront of a generation. When everyone else is working evil, the Bible says that Samson's mother had a child who could shape and change his generation. praise God. Not only do we, I want you to understand the power of a mother, but also I want you to understand her, her perception and how she sees and this interaction that she has. See, women, especially men, if you're being honest, we understand that women see things differently. Women hear things differently too. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Barry. Praise God. I got somebody else. Let me just help some of you all out right now. Pray. I might do some marriage counseling here. Praise God. Women, you're not, you, oh, well. See, sometimes in our machoism, We choose not to exercise the ability to listen to our wives, to listen to women. But you would do well, men, especially married men. And if those who are courting and you serious, you would do well to listen. That's good marriage advice. Praise God. That might have been the best preaching of the day. Thank you, Jesus. I might have just saw some things right there. (laughs) Elvis is like, praise God. (laughs) Praise God. Yes, 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 yes. Just save me a cupcake, Mom. Just save me a cupcake. No. I, I know I'm being funny, but the Bible says that an angel of the Lord comes to Samson's mother. Notice, he didn't go to the dad. It is what it is. He went to the mother and he said to this barren woman, you are going to have a child. She goes home and she tells her husband, an angel came to me. We're getting ready to have a son. And the man did what most of us would do. And he was like, oh, that's cute. God, if this is you, I want you to come again. I want you to tell it to me. I need to hear it. So, so you know what? If you read it, If you read it, I'm going to help you. The angel of the Lord does come again, and he doesn't come to him. He goes to her again. What am I saying? See, women have the ability to pick up on things. God might be saying about their children in a greater capacity sometimes than men do. There's a sensitivity. There's a perception. That's why I always call, it's rare. It's not, it's not uncommon, but most of the time, women are asked to alabaster boxes. They'll begin to flow and worship and the spirit of the Lord will begin to, begin to move. It, it takes a minute for men to tap into what God is doing, but women are a bit more sensitive in that regard and, and they're perceptive and they believe and see some things about their kids that we don't see. For example, this isn't original with me, but their sons aren't garbage men. They're sanitary engineers. Praise God. The children aren't rude. They're forthright. Moms filter everything through that hope, through possibilities. In the face of realism, moms have a hope that cannot be shaken. And I'm thankful for that. See, real mothers know that a child's growth is not measured by height or years or people. It's marked by the progression of mama to mommy and then mom. But in this instance, there is no mention of the father, Manoah, getting this spiritual download. In fact, when she gave it to him, he was again like, "Ah, I need to hear this. And you know what's interesting? This too... Is a pattern in the Bible Samuel Moses Jesus the only occasion where God speaks to a man and gives him the download about what's going down is Zachariah and he messed that one up so much he was mute for a year so what am I trying to tell you moms I want you to be encouraged If God's shown you something about your babies that dad doesn't see, don't be discouraged. Now, men, let me just tell you, that doesn't mean that you or I get to be an absentee father. And that doesn't mean, mama, that you have an invitation to disconnect from the father of your child. It's simply an understanding that mom, because she carried that baby in her belly for however long, has a different connection. There's a different understanding. This is why I pray for my babies. I'll talk with them all the time. When I'm talking to Sarah, she'll come in. She'll say something to me. I'm feeling a little something about one of our kids. And I'm like, oh, Lord, here they go. I just start praying. Cuz I say they about to get it boy. They about to get it. Mama they about they about to get it. That the Holy Ghost spread. I just Our kids can't get by with anything. Mama is tapped in. She'll come to me and say something. I'm like, "No, I don't see that." She be like You don't I'm like, "No, I don't see it." I'm like, "No, I'm not feeling it." She's like, "Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about." You know what there's there's a perception. There's a connection that you have, mama, to your babies. They have the ability. I want to encourage you some mothers if God has given you a promise about your baby If God has given you some insight to what he wants to do in that child Don't you worry about who did see it who didn't see it who doesn't believe it if God gave you a promise mama Lock that thing in your heart stand on the Word of God Ponder it in your heart like Mary did if you have to but don't you let the devil steal from you the promise that God gave you over your child I believe that God has always worked through this manner. He works directly with every woman who has given birth to a child of great destiny. He goes straight to the woman. Even when he went to Mary, Mary was shocked when the angel showed up to her. She was shocked because God's supposed to tell men, right? But see, when God gets ready to send a child, he's not going to always talk to the father. He's going to talk to their mother. And I realize in ancient times, you know, women were, were considered to, uh, to, positionally speaking, in a hierarchical sense, uh, they were considered to be third class. But it's interesting that from the very beginning, that was never God's plan. <laughs> you have to understand something. See. This is why Eve, let me me just say this. I I want you to let this settle in for a moment because I believe that God recognizes and understands their roles as as a mother and the influence that they have on who they were bringing into this world. And even though the world did not want to give them their due, God understands that leadership is influence and literally women are shaping this world. That's why Satan first targeted Eve because he understood Eve was an influence. And the offspring that was coming through her was going to be the one that would bruise his head. You need to understand, mom, you have value, you have purpose, you have power, and the hand of God is on your life. Mothers, they do things out of love, never imagining that what they do might become unforgettable memories in the hearts of their children. I quote Henry Ward Beecher and he said, the mother's heart is the child's classroom. And I know that burden might seem unbearable at times, mom, but one woman said it like this. Again, I quote, I will not have a temper tantrum nor stomp across the floor. I will not pout, scream or shout or kick against the door. I will not throw my food around or pick up another. I'll always try to be real good because I am the mother. Mothers don't have to try real hard to be good. It just seems that you understand that all eyes are always on you. The temperature of your home, the worth of your home, the influence of your home, all eyes are on you, mom. And mom, that's why you have power. Look at Judges uh, chapter 13, verse four. Look at verse five, I want you to recognize this. Now, therefore, listen to how the Lord instructs Samson's mother. Please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the what? Womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. In other words, don't drink any alcohol. Don't eat anything that's unclean. Don't touch the dead thing. For your son, the one that's in your womb, is a Nazarite from the womb. And hear me, don't miss this. And what's amazing about the calling on Samson's life is that his mother was directly connected to her son's calling. That's why God told Samson's mother, you don't drink alcohol. Don't touch unclean things. Don't eat anything unclean. Because if it gets in you, It's going to get into your baby. There is a scientific, medical, biological fact that when a mother is addicted to something and is pregnant, the child assumes vicariously the bondage that the mother experiences. I want to tell you today, mothers, and I want to encourage all those mothers in the room that will be mothers in the future. Perhaps that's who this is even for because I'm certainly not here to condemn anybody if you did something when you were pregnant with your child. I'm telling you right now, God is a redeemer. And I'm not trying to throw any shade, and I'm certainly not trying to heap on condemnation. God is a redeemer. He will heal. He's not a redeemer of bodies and our souls, but of, as of time as well. And so you might have messed up, joined the club. I did as well. I'm not trying to bury anybody in condemnation, but I am trying to speak to our mothers in the future. If you're not careful, your bondage could become your child's bondage. And I want you to understand that the gift God is giving you or is going to give you in the future, that gift has purpose. That gift has power and assignment. The baby that is coming into this dark world that we live in is going to be a light to point people to Jesus Christ. And whatever you allow into your body, whatever you allow into your spirit, you got to be careful because that will affect your child. But I believe if we pass down anything in our DNA, we're gonna pass down faith. We're gonna pass down victory. We're going to pass down hope, and we're going to pass down promise. As a matter of fact, freedom from every vice, freedom from every sin, freedom from every bondage, freedom from every addiction. We're going to raise up a generation of world changers who are going to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. I believe your children have purpose, and we're not just doing this for patterboys and pats on the back. We're doing this for the babies that are here, for the babies that are coming, for the mamas that we were just praying for we're going to raise up world changers I believe that and if you believe that give God praise praise God they're going to fulfill what God has called them to do I believe that the last thing I want to encourage moms to do and I'm trying to move quickly praise God I want to encourage moms to hold on hold on I want to encourage you matter of fact I want to encourage everybody to hold on see the 13th chapter of Judges describes the trajectory of Samson and one of the things I love about scripture you've heard me say this before is we understand that scripture is the truth but it tells us the truth about people and so we have an interesting vantage point because we get to see their life in the beginning and throughout and you kind of like now Samson why would you do that But you know why Samson would do it. Because why do you do what you do? Why do I do what I do? And so I love the fact that it gives us the truth about people and it gives us such a uh, an unfiltered exchange of what's happening here and i want to encourage some folks because when you look at samson's trajectory of his life he was born supernaturally he was graced by the spirit of god to make a difference in his generation he was raised in a home with a god-fearing mother and what appears to be a god-fearing father And if you continue to read the book of Judges in chapter 14 and 15, you'll begin to see that this young man, Samson, has so much promise. He's born in a righteous environment, a God-fearing environment. He's nurtured in a culture of godliness. This young man, though, begins to make poor decisions. And we immediately forget his supernatural birth. And we only recall his very natural flaws. Samson was an angry man. Samson struggled with anger and rage. And I understand that you could make an argument that God worked through Samson's anger and rage to bring about justice and judgment upon the Philistines, and I certainly understand that. But on the other side we must be honest enough to look at the text and to see that everywhere Samson went he left everywhere Samson went he left a path of carnage killing death and destruction not only did he have an anger problem or rage problem but he had a lust problem Samson had wandering eyes The first thing he did is he attempted to marry a Philistine girl, and this broke the heart of his mother and father. This is not how she raised him. Can't you see this? She raised him to live right, and she raised him to be a Nazarite. She took him to church every Sunday. She made sure he was in E-Kid. She made sure that he understood the books of the Bible. She made sure that he was hiding the Word of God in his heart. And now all of a sudden, Samson... And his adult life is making choices that are not in keeping with what his mother taught him. Not in keeping with what possibly his father taught him. Not in keeping with what the purpose, calling of God on his life. He struggles with lust and he marries a woman, marries a young lady that's not from Israel. And the Lord specifically instructed him not to do so. And you can understand this devastated his parents. Why? Because they understood. You got to get this. You got to get this. Your future is attached to who you marry. Thank you, Pastor Barry. Thank you, Shiv Dawes. I appreciate it. I might have to park here for a minute. Let me just help somebody. This, is, this might not be Mother's Day. This might be marriage counseling day. Or pre-marriage counseling. We're going to call this pre-marriage education. Praise God. It matters who you marry. Your future is attached to who you marry. And it's true, you want to know your future, show me the people you hang with. More importantly, you want to know your future, look at your spouse. I'm telling you right now, hear me right now. Please, I'm I'm gonna save somebody some heartache. If your, I don't care how good they, I'm gonna do it, thank you. I don't care how good they look, how strong they are, how well they dress, if he ain't praying, Honey, if he ain't up here worshiping, giving God glory and honor and praise, don't fool with him. Don't fool with him. Because here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to come see me. You're going to come see Pastor Barry. And you're going to be like, well, I don't understand. He wasn't praying before you knew him. He wasn't worshiping before you knew him. You're not going to change him now. But he looks so good. You better get you somebody that can get a job, keep a job, know how to love you, pray for you, cover you, serve you, honor you. Elvis, get away from me, but stop, praise God. I'm about to act up, praise God. But your future is attached to who you marry. Woo. Don't just chase them because of how they look. Praise God. So, dude is an angry man. He's full of rage. He's, he's full of lust. And he goes on to marry a young lady from another camp. And when that doesn't work out, you know what he does? He goes after another young lady. The Bible says that When you hear her name, if you are a man of faith living for Jesus Christ, when you hear that name, you like. I mean, you—it's like Mufasa. (laughs) You hear the name Delilah, you like. Don't say it. Don't say it, boy. Woo! You got to be careful. Anybody living for the Lord, they hear that name. They're like, woo! Jesus, I need to run. Praise God. By the way, let me just help somebody right now. I heard my elder said, he said that it was so good. He said, the only time, he said, you know what? He said, you can make the devil run. And I said, what? I said, well, where, where is he going with this? He said, the Bible says, resist him and the devil will flee. Praise God. And that was better than y'all responded, but that's okay. I that's just praise God. Praise God. So, you know what? The Bible says that Delilah is a beautiful woman. But her name means to languish, literally to suck the strength out of the heart of a man. See, Delilah doesn't kill a man overnight. Delilah's quiet. Delilah gets closer and closer day by day and works through the channels of deceit into the heart of a man and who has a problem with lust. And then all of a sudden he finds himself laying his head in Delilah's lap. And there he gives her one of the secrets to his walk with God. And that is he's is a Nazarite and Nazarites don't cut their hair. And so while it all, it, 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 what I want to say is, but we do this too. I mean, the scripture talks about it. Can you bring fire into your bosom and not be burned? But I'm just puzzled at this particular moment how he's seeing the path and where he's going. How did he get comfortable to the place where he would even lay his head? In her lap men can I just help you all out for just a moment it may not be a literal physical Delilah but you need to be careful where you lay your head you need to be careful the conversations I'm a pastor here for a moment you need to be careful the conversation let me talk to all the married men you need to be careful the conversations you have with a woman if she doesn't belong to you Let me just help you out, I'll take it a step further. Your wife is your Alpha and Omega. Thank you, Pastor Barry. I know that's a little weak, but you know what? Let me flip it around. Ladies, it's the same thing. Your boo, your bae, he is your alpha and omega. You don't look outside of the context of that marriage, that relationship that God has brought together to have any needs met. But men, you best be careful because it might not be another woman or you might not have even gone that far, but you got to be careful the conversations you have. You got to be careful the virtual spaces you go because... It won't happen overnight, but day by day, that Delilah will sap your strength. And then you know what you'll find yourself? See, this is what happened because Samson thought he could handle it. We always think we can handle it. And so he was flirting with Delilah and, and he hadn't quite given her all of his heart yet and so they would play a little bit and tease a little bit and she would kind of comfort and soothe them but he didn't think Delilah was being effective and so the first time he'd try to pull a little okie token, and she'd say, Samson, the Philistines are coming. The Phil-. And he'd leap up and boy, he'd tear them up. And then you know what? But day by day, Samson would get more and more comfortable and then all of a sudden, When the fire really gets hot, Samson, Samson, the Philistines are coming. And he thought he was going to do what he always had done. But you know what the Bible says? It says he did not know that the spirit of the Lord was gone. That's what Delilah will do to you if you're not careful you'll think you'll get up and you'll do this or you'll do that and all of a sudden your strength will be gone because delilah's taking it from you i know this is somewhat tough to hear on a, a mother's day give me somewhere but what i want you to understand is samson is strong in one sense but very weak in another can i tell you we all have these things that we have to wrestle with and perhaps It's just like, you know what, (sighs) this is why God gives you, musicians, I want you to come. I'm not quite done, but I'm almost done. (sighs) This is why God gives us convictions. Oh, Jesus. This is why God gives us convictions. And convictions are important because convictions protect your possibilities. When you think about that, now now let me be clear. Uh, A conviction, I'm not talking about, now let let me just say this right now. I'm not, the Bible, this is it. Okay, the Bible says it, our job is to obey, period. It's, it's the truth, right? It's the truth. But God will also give you idiosyncratically, you know, between you and he, convictions that will protect your possibilities, protect what God is doing in you. And those convictions may not, my convictions may not be your convictions, and it's not my job to place my convictions on you, but to understand God has given this to me to protect and keep me. And sometimes if we're not careful, you remember when God told you don't do it, you didn't, weren't supposed to fool with it, and then you're fool with it. At least I do. Fool with it. The first time, the, I'm like, oh God, how did I do that? And then I find myself going right back to it. Second time, the third time, the fourth time, I don't feel that conviction is strong. And if you're not careful, you find yourself doing things that you know don't please God. And you don't even feel the tug of grace. The tug of mercy. Help us, Holy Ghost. See, Samson is weak. and He finds himself in an interesting place. Because he leaps up to handle the Philistines. Only this time he can't handle them. Strength is gone. The Bible says, Gouge out his eyes. His sight is gone. But I believe while Samson was bound between those those pillars, the Bible says that he asked God to remember him. You know what I believe. I believe it was in that moment he began to remember the prayers of a praying mom. I remember, he said, God, would you remember? Would you remember me? I, I remember the, the blessings my mom spoke over my life. I remember the prayers she prayed over my purpose. I remember the the boundaries that she erected, and I I desecrated them all, but God, would you remember me? And all of a sudden, even though Samson had no sight, I believe at that moment, his vision was being restored. Samson cried out, God, remember me. Remember when I was a boy and my mama prayed for me. Remember when I went to the temple. Remember me, Lord. Remember when I went to Sunday school, when I was singing in the little kid's choir, remember Lord, when I went on that youth trip and that youth camp or that youth congress, and you changed my life. And God, I, I feel like I've blown it now. I don't have the ability to see. Remember me. I want to tell somebody in this room this afternoon the sin you've committed makes you feel like God has forgotten you, but God has not forgotten you. I believe the prayers of your mother. Have no expiration date on them and they are causing the grace of god the goodness of god to begin to rise up in you and right now your vision is being restored you know what the bible says that when samson cried out to god at that moment here's the promise the promise i want you to get okay the promise is you train a child in the way that he should go and when they're old they will not depart from it And you might have made some mistakes. I know Sarah and I, you can just ask me and Lincoln. Lincoln's like, yeah. We've made our fair share of mistakes. But I want to tell you right now, God knows your heart. And God called your babies to be used by His Spirit in a great way. And even if you've missed it, which I believe Sarah and I have missed it on occasion. I still believe the grace of God is communicating to Lincoln and Mia what he's called them to do. As long as there's breath in my body, you'll know God's got a plan for you. What do we tell you? I know it may not be comfortable, but we don't live like everybody else because we're not everybody else. I believe you're a Levite in the hand of God. I feel a prophecy in this house today. I believe you're a Levite and the hand of God is on your life. There is purpose on you. You are full of sweetness, and yes, you are full of fire, but you are a world changer. I declare that in the name of Jesus. You have to speak life over your kids and I'm telling you right now, mom and dad, the prayers that you prayed, the things that you've done, the sacrifices you've made, the big gives and the future big gives are not just about us. It's a future generation and legacy that God is reaching. Praise God. Praise God. You might feel like you've missed it. You might feel like, you know what? Have I gone beyond the goodness of God you might feel like you've lost your sight but can I tell you your vision is being restored so that you can make a spiritually intelligent decision you know what I want us all to stand You know what's interesting? I was—we celebrated my mom's 70th birthday party. Um, her birthday is February 1st, but everybody came together a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we celebrated her 70th birthday. And so, my my first pastor is still her pastor, Pastor Buddy Thompson. And you all, who some of us will go way back, you've met Pastor Buddy. He came uh, several, maybe in 2018 or 2019 when we first got started. And uh, I I. Came to know the Lord uh, in 1997, and I, I was raw. I didn't know anything about Jesus, Jason. I didn't know. I was like, "Yo, Jesus is real, like not a game." Like for, when I received the Holy Ghost, evidence. I was like, oh. "I was like, oh snap, this is crazy." And when I came home, I'll never forget that my mom was like, "What happened to you?" And I've told you all this story, but maybe I haven't told you all this story. And I, I didn't know this. I did know this aspect of it in that I have gone to my pastor and I said, Pastor, you know what, I want to live for God. I want to live for God. I want you to just come on over, come on my house and help me out. And What I didn't know is my pastor was just kind of talking and he was blessing my mom. He said, I remember walking in that house that day and he said, Kathy, you looked at me and you pulled me aside and you said, you know what, buddy, if there's anything in my son's life, if there's anything in his room downstairs, a little studio apartment, that would cause him to walk away from God, I want you to move it, get it out of his, get it out of his life, get it out of his little studio apartment, and you put it on me. I want to see my baby saved and live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what I'm conveying. It, it, it blows my mind sometimes. You know what? I've met, my, I've met with people, and sometimes they feel like it's completely over, Pastor Barry, and gone. They feel like their life is over. But then you know what they'll say? But I still believe God's not done with me yet. And that, that's, that's mind-boggling. And how can they come to that conclusion? You'll often ask them. You know what? They'll tell you, because I was raised better. I was raised better had a mom and a dad who knew how to pray for me who taught me who encouraged me in the ways of the Lord I'm telling you mom your prayers make a difference and let me just say this right now stop letting people tell you don't bind to the hype their church attendance is not important get your children into the house of God every time you can something good happens when you come to church not just for the kids, mom, dad, everybody. You just, you, I, I know you gotta watch online sometimes, but every time the doors are open, make it a priority to get in his presence. Something good happens when you come to church. And I know, I, I think I told our group this, our small group, I was like, they were like, people say, well, I don't wanna go to church cause they're a bunch of hypocrites. You still go to the gym? Percent of the people at the gym when they leave, they're going to McDonald's or Starbucks or Tim. They go, I, I'm there. They're working out, sipping on Tim Hortons coffee. <laughs> what? So don't let hypocrites top you. <clears throat> Ooh, help me, Holy Ghost. So, Here's what I feel. I feel such a redemption in the house today. Praise God. There's some moms that are holding on to promises. There's some parents that are holding. You know what? There might be somebody whose child is away from God. Hold on to that promise. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Praise God. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop declaring. In the name of Jesus. I also want to pray for those who feel like you've blown it. I want you to know you haven't. God has got you. If you'll respond, let me rephrase that. You might have blown it. You might have blown it. But what I should have said is, it's not over until he says it's over. And your mistakes don't have to be final and your failure does not have to be final. I believe right now, you might right now you might not have been able to see it but you're seeing it now there are flickers of possibilities I'm in the Holy Ghost right now there's some of you that have walked away from God and you know there's a call of God on your life to preach his word I'm telling you as you submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and you come into relationship with him again that calling is going to be restored in Jesus name praise God I wanna do this. I'm so thankful everybody online is watching. We appreciate all of our moms. God bless you, have an amazing time. God bless you in Jesus' name. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.